Oh, my lord, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> I would suck his dick. So what are you ladies discussing? Um... <clears throat> books? Welcome to the Nerd Blitz Book Club! Pull up a seat and pull down your pants. Listen to us read and go on rants. Hey gang, thanks for joining us this week for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I'm Doom. And I'm Fitz. And we're back with the last three chapters of Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Uh, nailed it. So, this happened, and I know that makes it sound bad. <laughs> Doom is utterly confused. Only by one chapter. By all the old time you speak. Yeah, because holy fuck. It seemed like the first three chapters was like, Okay, we'll throw a little old-timey at him, but 4 and 5, it really ramped up to the point that I was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think it was any worse, but... Oh, you didn't think it was worse now? Worse than, Cause the, I mentioned, worse than the first three? Because I mentioned it to you a few days ago, and you're like, yeah, it did a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I say from day to day. You should know that by now. I Yeah, I understand that, but... <laughs> When you tell me I'm right, it gives me that special feeling. <laughs> I get to hear it not that often. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't think it was, or I I don't remember it being much. I mean, yeah, it it is a little harder to understand, but not. I didn't think it was that much harder than the rest of the chapters so far. But maybe I'm just misremembering, because I read this like four or five days ago. I have no clue why you fucking read it that fast. Because, I mean... I've gone on record as being the dude who fucking reads shit like the night before we're supposed to record and mm -hmm. we go to record and it's like, I don't fucking, I have no memory of this. Well, I read it early because of the holiday. I was, afraid oh, yeah, I, that's I was afraid I wouldn't have time and that we didn't actually record over the weekend. And Yeah. So I ended up true. with a couple extra days that I wasn't counting on. Yeah, because we were originally supposed to record two days ago, and I was like, I can't do that, and then we were supposed to record yesterday, and I was like, I can't do it, which turns out, if I would have been awake, yeah, we could have recorded yesterday, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's get into this shit. Okay. Chapter four, again, begins with, you guessed it, a recap. Yeah. Which... Yep. It's pretty painfully obvious, like we talked about last time, that these were stories published at least a month apart in a periodical. So mm -hmm. every every month he has to do like a, a quick recap of what has happened so far, reestablish the, 
the main characters. Mm-hmm. And when you read it all in one sitting, it's kind of annoying. Well, see, the thing that... I mean, I understand what you're saying about it would feel different if you have to wait a month to read the story, the next part of the story. Mm-hmm. But I know back in the day that like people would save the magazines and shit if there was a story they really dug and then read it all in a row. So even some of those fuckers had to be like, what the fuck, dude? Another recap? Yeah, well, probably why this story gets shit on. Exactly, because, I mean, half of chapter six is a recap. Oh, I know. There, Yeah, I will definitely agree with that. I noticed that it seemed like the recaps were getting longer. Uh-huh. It was like, it was because... like wait, when the fuck? And by chapter six, I think I actually just skimmed the recap. I don't even think I read the whole thing word for word. What's interesting, and we'll, like, get into it real deep when we get to chapter six, is, like, chapter six just ties the whole thing together. But up to that point, it just seemed like five random stories about Herbert West and his assistant. Mm-hmm. But chapter six kind of, the recap tells you the whole story and how it led to this in a good way. It's not just like, okay, this is random shit. Why the fuck do I care? Right. So you should have, like, read the whole recap just to soak it all in and, you know, understand. Although I guess you didn't have as much trouble understanding as I did, but still. So let's see. Chapter 4 is titled The Scream of the Dead. Yeah, what's a hell of a chapter title, too? He's got some cool chapter titles. Yeah, and they fucking come in to play in a really interesting way, too. Yeah, they all end up having to do... They sound random, sort of random, just like he was making up some salacious titles. Mm-hmm. But they really do, like, reflect what's going to happen. Usually the last two sentences of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Although there is one, I think it was chapter three, where they led with that, or he led with that. Mm. Okay. So that was kind of cool. So anyway, chapter four. the fuck happened? Um. So in chapter three, it ended with that... Uh, the reanimated corpse having eaten a child. <laughs> and then uh, I kind of halfway expected to, to see some kind of fallout from that, but it was like, nope, just jumped ahead. And mm-hmm. makes nope, no more, moving on. No more mention of that, really. Um, there's a little bit of a mention, but not much. So, yeah, so in Chapter 3, they, they set up practice in the uh, in Bolton, and they most of their clients they took uh, were workers at the mill and that's because nobody else would wanted to deal with them because they were kind of a-holes and foreigners and all that shit so chapter four picks up they're still they're still working um in that area and uh west assistant has gone home to illinois to see his family for a long visit yeah so when he gets back he finds out well you know, as we talked about last time, the the whole the crucial element of being able to reanimate these bodies is that they have to be super fresh, like yes. super freshly dead. Which I just gotta say, holy shit, I was right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that's the natural progression is where we're gonna go with this. Oh no, could, shit! Since he couldn't dig up fresh enough bodies, this is the chapter where we both had a different interpretation of what happened. The oh, end of yeah, this chapter, you end, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into it. So the assistant comes back from his vacation or whatever, and uh, lo and behold, West has been waiting, and he has something special for him when he gets back. He has a super fresh body that he's been saving for him. And and didn't he tell him in a letter while he was back at his family's house in Illinois that he'd uh, found a fresh corpse or something? There was something in that letter that he said he developed a solution 
to oh, basically to keep put the body on ice. Yeah. Right. Like a yeah. sort of embalming fluid that wasn't like an embalming fluid. You didn't have to take the blood out. You just inject that in. Right. And it's supposed to like stabilize the body and keep it fresh. Yes. Okay. So Which, remember that. That's important. Yes. Yeah. So the dude comes back and uh, West is all fucking excited and shit, right? Right. And he's been he's been sitting on this body waiting to do the experiment until he got back, which I'm sure the guy was like, well, gee, thanks. I'm glad you waited for me. <laughs> yeah, because at this point, he's really starting to have troubles with West and basically his descent into madness to try to pursue this dream of reanimating corpses. Right. And like, Jesus Christ, dude, it took you fucking long enough to get tired of this sh- this shit. No shit. I think I, I, think I would have split after the first time a dead body sat up on the table. Yeah, and burned down a fucking cabin that you were in. Uh-huh. I've been like... Look, like, dude. See ya, bro. I mean, I hope everything goes good for you, but I gotta go. He gets back and West's like, "Hey, look what I got!" And dude's like, "Oh, cool!" And he's like, "But don't fucking touch it!" And he's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. That was suspicious to me right away. Was he wasn't even allowed because he's doing all this elaborate shit to the body before they start the experiment because he has to like neutralize the the that stay fresh fucking juice that he put in him. Yeah, and um. Let's just call it a stasis gel. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently, this guy had been um, a healthy man that was that came in on in on a train to do some business with the mill. And where was the dude from? Um, doesn't say. Well, we're both in the place he was. Oh from. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I was gonna say, and I know yeah, you the, take pride in this place. So fucking. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he he. Uh, he was walk. He just walked through town and then just dropped dead. Apparently, oh yeah, his his heart became greatly overtaxed walking through the town to the mill. Yeah, he had refused a stimulant and it suddenly dropped dead only a moment later. So they yeah. looked through his pockets and it's uh, this guy from St. Louis, Robert Levitt. Yep, Robert Levitt. Woohoo! So there you go. Yeah, conveniently enough, without family to make instant inquiries about his disappearance. Yep. Yep. So all this happened on July 18th when the the, the assistant, assistant was out came of town. back. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the assistant is like amazed at how well the that stasis gel uh, <laughs> was able to keep the body <laughs> fresh cuz there was no rigor mortis, he wasn't stiff, like he mm-hmm. he looked looked like he was still alive. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And West gave him repeated assurances, "No, no, he's he's dead. He's for sure dead." And uh, he reminded him that the reanimating solution was never used without careful tests to, as to life, since it could have no effect if any of the original vitality were present. So then Wes starts to take his preliminary steps, the, the assistant's watching, and he even says he's impressed with the, uh, this new, these new steps that he's taking in this experiment and how intricate this experiment has become. Mm-hmm. And he won't let him touch the body. So he in, he injects the wake up, the unstasis gel. Yeah, the neutralizing compound. Yes. So that so that the guy's system would be released back to a natural, relaxed, uh, quote unquote, dead state. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess the dude starts to twitch a little. Yeah, he starts to twitch a little, and then uh, hmm, West <laughs> stuffs a pillow like object violently over the twitching face. Not withdrawing it until the corpse appeared quiet and ready for our attempts at reanimation. Hmm. Yes. Why would he do that? That's that's strange. Odd. That's yes. an interesting step. Wes starts doing 
tests and shit on the dude to make sure he's dead. Uh-huh. And see, this is again where I start they started confusing me with the old timey shit. Yeah. Because as we get to the end, because there's I mean, there's not much between that and the end. Right. They they inject him with the reanimation solution and they stand back and wait and watch. Exactly. So okay, I understand the dude was alive, right? Right. Okay. Was it then while West was smothering him, or was it when he came back to life after being killed by West that he screamed out what he screamed out? Um, well, he screams it at the end when he wakes up, when he comes back to life. Okay. But he's seeing his last moments that he remembers. That I understand. Yeah, which was... But see, that's the part that confused me. It sounded like he was screaming... or. The way I got it is he was screaming it through the pillow. Oh no, no, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was I think he was um I think he was awake the whole time. Just um just drugged. So you know what I mean? Yeah. So he so, was seeing so he was seeing West do all these you know, inject him with all this shit and then okay. that's what I think. You know, he had him paralyzed on the table basically. But the dude was fully conscious of what was happening? That's what I think. And just couldn't be like, help me or something? Yep. As soon as his muscles started to react or to relax and he was able to move a little bit, that's when he smothered him quick before he could say anything. Okay, well, see, this is how I wrote it down because this is what I thought happened. I thought Wes smothered the dude after giving him the revival solution, but not fast enough before the dude relived or, you know, shouted out his last memory because... Again, I understand the dude was still alive, but it it just seemed worded so strange that I didn't understand quite what was happening. So I thought that, yeah, he was just like, you know, coming at him with the pillow and he's like, get the fuck away from me with that needle, you little freak. But that's not what happened. Well, I mean, I guess it could be interpreted that way. I don't think so, though. I think it. Um, so, well, let's finish it up. He, they noticed color coming back into his face after they injected that solution and they waited a little while and then. The, the assistant starts whispering questions in the thing's ear. Yeah. I don't know why, expecting some answers maybe. Yeah, I guess and then, they uh, were trying, I guess he was trying to test and see if the dude was really coming back to life. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, let's see. At that moment, as I say, I was elated with the conviction that one of, that the one great goal had been attained and that for the first time a reanimated corpse had uttered distinct words impelled by actual reason. Apparently they'd actually revived a corpse and it was talking. Right, it was answering questions. And the next moment, there was no doubt about the triumph, no doubt that the solution had truly accomplished, at least temporarily, its full mission of restoring rational and articulate life to the dead. But in that triumph, there came to me the greatest of all horrors, not horror of the thing that spoke, but of the deed that I had witnessed and of the man with whom my professional fortunes were joined. And I think right there he's saying the deed that I had witnessed. He witnessed him murder him right there in front of him. Like I said, that's not in doubt. I understand that. But, again, I feel the way I read it is, like, as he was murdering the dude, Mm -hmm. that was when the dude screamed out. Because, I mean, it says, he asked him the question, where have you been? I do not yet know whether I was answered or not, for no sound came from the well-shaped mouth. But I do know that at that moment I firmly thought the thin lips moved silently, forming syllables, which I would have vocalized is only now if that phrase had possessed any sense or relevancy. So that makes it sound like he couldn't fully articulate a thought. So that's why, to me, it was it seemed weird for, at the end of it, 
the dude's all of a sudden screaming his last moment, you know? Yeah, well, he wasn't fully aroused yet, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, because then it says, for, the fr- for that fresh body at last writhing into full and terrifying consciousness, with eyes dilated at the memory of its last scene on Earth, threw out its frantic hands in a life-and-death struggle with the air, and suddenly collapsing into a second and final dissolution from which there could be no return, screamed out the cry that will ring eternally in my aching brain. Help, keep off me, you cursed little toe-headed fiend. Keep that damn needle away from me. Okay, so he screamed it and then passed out for good or something? Yeah, he screamed that and then, like, fell back into death. Okay, well, see, that doesn't make much sense to me either, then, because... As we've seen with everybody, every other fucking corpse that came alive or came back to life, they fucking, you know, got up and started running around and destroying shit, as we'll see later. Yeah. So that would mean to me that, like, he took a step back with the solution. Yeah, it didn't. It definitely didn't work the way he thought. Basically burned him out, like it woke him up, but, you know, it didn't last. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's just a story. I know. It doesn't have to make total sense. But I want it to, because I want to love it, man, but god yeah. damn. Yeah, well, this this one was too fresh, see? So the solution didn't work. It worked, and then it didn't work. So it's... Oh, god damn. So it's got to be fresh, but not super fresh. Apparently not. Oh, fuck. But yeah, the other thing I thought it could be was his last scene on Earth that he's seeing is... His heart didn't become agitated or overtaxed or whatever. West fucking wrestled his ass to the ground in an alley and stabbed him with a needle and knocked him out. Yeah, that I totally got too. If I remember right, wasn't the dude like a traveling salesman or something? Yeah, it was something like that. It, said, it yeah, just said so, he was he came to town to, to do some kind of transaction at the mill. Yeah, so I figured like he came and knocked on the door and West was like, hey, come on in. Dude starts making his pitch, and West pulls out a needle and is like, ha-ha, bitch, and he's like, oh, back up, you freak. Ah! Yeah, exactly. And then he just told his assistant the bullshit story of, well, this guy just dropped dead. Yeah. That I totally got, too. It was just that fucking scream of, I didn't know where that fell. No, it was the very last thing. Yeah, because he doesn't say what the thing said until he was after, after, until after he tells you the thing was already back to being dead. Mm-hmm. Just the the order in which he revealed the the way or the, the what the corpse said. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was a little bit confusing. At least I I'm not fully retarded in thinking that. I guess. <laughs> it's literature, son. Uh, you confuse me with a smart person, then. Now, chapter five. Are we ready to go into that? Yeah, I like chapter five. Called the horror from the shadows. I have no fucking clue what happened here. Really? I don't even have a theory. I mean, I know it happened during, like, World War One, but that's about it. Yeah, this chapter skips ahead, like, I don't know, five years, so now it's 1915. Yep. And the assist, uh, Herbert West, um, has joined the, joined the army to be a field surgeon. Yep. And, of course, his fucking butt buddy, <laughs> the assistant guy, has to join him. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck would you join, why the fuck would you go to war with this guy? I don't get it. I don't get this. This guy's fucked up. I think this guy might be more fucked up than Herbert West. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, it's just like, okay, you're so worried about what West is doing and shit. Like, I should say, yeah, I understand that they both went to war. I got that part. But it's like, 
this fucking dude is already like, I don't know, this shit's starting to worry me. Because I think, like, in chapter two, he was like, at this point, I was starting to question what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Here we now are in chapter like five. Years later. It's like 10 years later. Yeah, here we are in chapter yeah. five, and it's like 10 to 15 years later, and he's like, so West went to war, and I was like, fuck it, let's go to war, buddy. Fuck it, fuck it, I'm coming with you. Yeah, but I think it says something about, like, West kind of forced him to go. Yeah, I said, let's see, it, and when the chance had come, he carried me with him almost against my will. Yeah, like, what, did he have fucking pictures of you sucking some dude off or something? Right. Because it's like, how can he force you against your will to go into the Canadian Army? Right, because this, bef- this is before the United States even joined the the war. So these were Americans that went in before the United States even sent anybody. So they had to they had to go through Canada. Apparently mm-hmm. he has had a contact in Ottawa, and um, through the nepotism of that, he got a commission as a lieutenant or something. Or no, a major. Yeah. In the Canadian Army, and they got shipped off to France. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. We are going to France. Too fat you are. Yeah, and basically, the reason why he was so anxious to go fight or to go serve in a major great war um, was not because he wanted to fight, was because he thought, well, there's going to be plenty of fresh bodies here. Exactly. What the fuck, man? (laughs) You know, it's just, (laughs) what the fucking fuck? And by this time, he's like a a renowned, well-respected, fancy-pants um, surgeon in Boston. Mm-hmm. So he gets into it, into the war and shit up in Canadian land, and mm-hmm. there's another fucking doctor there, right? Right. That was that was the guy who got him into the army. His friend there. We'll oh, that was the later. dude. I thought it was. Like, yeah. I thought that was uh, like a rival surgeon. No, no, not a rival. He was he was a, a colleague. Like he studied. Well, we'll get into it when it gets a little closer. But he knew of. West's work, his secret work. Yeah. Well, uh, rivals, rival is like a bad choice of word there, I'll admit. Yeah, it was almost more like he was... Um, an admirer? An, or an apprentice, almost, even. Like, he, he knows how... He knew how to recreate what West had done. They don't really go into... I guess they had been friends or or something. Okay. I don't think they ever really explain, like, how he would know all of this. That's why I guess I said rival is because I never got the feeling that they were friends or anything. I I didn't think that was the dude that got him into the Canadian military. That definitely was. They do say that. Oh, okay. So it's Sir Eric Moreland Clapham Lee. Fuck. Does this dude need any more names? <laughs> fucking British people. <laughs> and their fucking names. I say, dear boy, do not insult me and my people. Well, I've skipped ahead, like... A page, two pages, because most of that up to that point is like, there's a little bit of new information, but most of that is the recap. Most of it's recap. Although yeah. he does he does go into like how far West had come since they reanimated that body in the last chapter. Because now he's like, now he's moved on to like, I wonder if I could just reanimate a hand. Yeah. So now he's reanimating body parts. Mm-hmm. Which we'll really learn yeah, about so- that in a minute. Yeah, he said he sought new worlds to conquer by experimenting on the reanimation of detached parts of bodies. Where the fuck are you reading that at? Um, In mine, it's uh, page 215. I don't know where it is in yours. Well, yeah, our page counts are totally different, but... Oh, I know. I mean... It's like I... right after... 
It's like right after the the recaps, I think. I don't fucking know. Anywho, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where you found that. But go on, go on, go on. He had like created some kind of, calls it never dying, artificially nourished tissue obtained from the nearly hatched eggs of an indescribable tropical reptile. I found that. <laughs> As you said, reptile is like, ah, I see where he's talking about. Yeah, so now he's obsessed with, is there any consciousness in any part of the body that doesn't have a brain attached to it? So like, can uh-huh. he reanimate anything without a brain? Or does it need the brain and the spinal cord and all that shit to function? Yeah, and doesn't he basically, like, question the existence of a soul? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more he's just trying to figure out if there is life in the tissue or if it all comes, like, from the brain, soul, heart, all that. Hey, they. Um, so, yeah. I'm just gonna sit back for a second and shut up. Because, again, it's like, <laughs> from this point on, and then I'm like, huh? Yeah, so he starts to tell the story of what happened in March of 1915 in West field hospital he has like a private laboratory in Mm -hmm. one of the wings of this hospital yeah um he says it's where he would operate like a butcher on these bodies apparently at this point he'd gone full mad scientist yeah he's gone like completely batshit crazy he's like working in a room where just blood and body parts and guts and shit are all over the floor all the time and Mm mm-hmm at times, he actually did perform marvels of surgery for the soldiers, but his chief delights were of a less public and philanthropic kind, requiring many explanations of sounds which seemed peculiar even amidst that babble of the damned. Among these sounds were frequent revolver shots, <laughs> surely not uncommon on a battlefield, but distinctly uncommon in a hospital. <laughs> which that there is like, ooh, I reanimated it. Boom, bang. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Yeah, Dr. West's reanimated specimens were not meant for long existence or a large audience. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking monster! Yeah, and he he did a lot more experiments with the reptile tissue that he's been growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it was better than human material for maintaining life in organless fragments. And that was now my friend's chief activity. In a dark corner of the laboratory, over a queer incubating burner... He kept a large covered vat full of reptilian cell matter, which multiplied and grew puffily and hideously. This dude's cooking a giant pot of fucking lizards. reptile tissue. Yeah. Not even lizards, just lizard meat. Yeah. He's just growing this pot of lizard meat. This dude's fucked up. Yeah, so on this night, they get a, a brand new body to work on. A strong man, a smart man. <laughs> well, that's what it says. I know, but... You can tell this dude's white. <laughs> yeah. Because we saw the description last time. The description of the, the black, black dude. Versus the description of the white guy. Oh, yeah. he's like the dumb, long-limbed Negro. And then this dude, he's like, oh, he was a beautiful specimen. He was so smart. <laughs> and, oh, he was just the greatest. Uh, yeah, so it says, it was rather ironic, for he was the officer who had helped West to his commission. Okay. And he was now to have been our associate. So this guy that got them into the army was coming to the field hospital to work with them now. He was okay. being deployed, and he was coming to work with them at the field hospital when his plane crashed. Yeah, okay, okay. And it killed him. And it says, moreover, he had in the past secretly studied the theory of reanimation to some extent under West. Oh. So I guess he maybe didn't didn't work with West, you know, during the... Well, I don't know. It doesn't really say. It just says sometime in the past. So, I mean... Remember, this is 10 years have passed since we first started the story. So he could have been associates with this guy 
or, or yeah, but I mean the you know, the exchanged. narrator the narrator has constantly said that he was West like most trusted and only ally because everybody else was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right. So yeah. I don't understand why he would at any point be like, "Hey, come here, no, just come here." You see this? We're gonna make this come back to life. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been correspond. It says the theory of reanimation. It doesn't say that he actually showed him how to do it. But my guess is probably they they just corresponded through the mail, through letters and essays and stuff. Huh. Okay. But you're right. It doesn't. They don't really specify, you know, exactly how he did it. But at at the same time, though, it still seems weird that after everybody else was like, "You can't do that. That's unethical." For him to even by mail be like mirror, mirror. I show you something, mirror. Yeah, but I don't think he. Uh, but I don't think what you know. He says he studied the theory. I don't think he actually showed him like, hey, I'm still doing this. Well, I mean, it was the theory that fucking put everybody off at Miskatonic. Yeah. And then he started like, okay, now let's do it on people, and they're like, what? Are you fucking stupid? It was bad right. enough when you were just talking about it, but now you want to do it. Right, but he 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 would freely. I think tell people about it if they wanted to know, you know, not that he's digging up, not that he's digging up dead bodies, but that here, here's all my, my brilliant theories on, on how this can be done. I guess, you know, he seems that arrogant. I just, it, at this point, it seems like something he would want to keep close to the vest because after all the reaction he's had and all the bad fucking experiments where like at points it says that he would just stop doing the research because he'd get freaked out. Like when they yeah. brought home the drunk dude. So it seems like he would keep that shit close to his vest. The whole idea of it. Yeah. So as not to arouse suspicion or anything. Yeah. But I mean, think about like like sex predator chat rooms on the internet. You know what I mean? I'd rather not. Well, but... <laughs> I mean, but you know, like, you know, it's a place where the freaks go and they talk about freaky shit. True. So like you would think those people wouldn't talk or talk about that stuff. But if they find somebody who... Yeah, I guess if same... you find a like-minded individual, exactly. it's just like... Like, I'm sure this guy came to him, probably found out about his, his work or whatever that, that got him kicked out of the university or that got him censored at the university and was like, hey, I'm interested in this too. Mm, okay, I, I concede your point. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't think he was just like, hey, dude, come here and check this out. I think the guy was like, hey, I heard you're into some wacky shit. I'm into some wacky shit too. Let's do some wacky shit together. Hey, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> That's my new voice for West. Hey, come here. Hey, you want to see a dead body, dick? So this guy's coming to uh, to work at the field hospital with him, and his plane f- crashes, apparently. Uh, I just said apparently way too many times. He's coming to work with him at the field hospital, and his plane goes down. Uh, Are you going to make an apparently shirt for you? No. Direct, ah. Directly above its destination, the guy says. So... The plane fucking crashed right above, like right at the hospital. So yeah. they couldn't have a fresher body unless he killed it himself, yeah. which we <laughs> which we saw didn't work right. So yeah, basically he was um, like his legs were all his body's all fucked up and he was almost completely decapitated. And right here he was almost com- decapitated. They collected the body and then fucking West chopped his head off the rest oh, he of the way. He completed it, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> fucked up. It's like, oh, my poor buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah, it says he can... I could still see Herbert West under the sinister electric light as he injected his reanimating solution into the arm of the headless body. (laughs) The scene I cannot describe. I should faint if I tried it, for there is madness in a room full of classified carnal things with blood and lesser human debris almost ankle deep on the slimy floor. Wow. And with hideous reptilian abnormal abnormalities sprouting, bubbling, and baking over a winking bluish-green specter of dim flame in a far corner of black shadows. Is that not the most fucked up setting that you can think of? <laughs> I was just going to say, that is so fucked up, dude. Uh-huh. He's over here <laughs> chopping a head off. Uh-huh, there's, there's fucking lizards boiling in a pot on the stove. Yep, yeah, lizard goop cooking up. And then they're slip sliding around in slimy fucking blood and gore on the floor up to uh-huh. their goddamn ankles. Yeah. Holy shit. And they're in the military, so they're wearing military boots. So that means it's even more if it's up to their ankles because they probably got an inch of sole on their shoes. Yeah. So they got like three inches of gore on the floor. Yep. What the fuck? Where does it say? Let's see. Oh, okay. So he, yeah, where he, where he cut the guy's head the rest of the way off. Mm-hmm. He um he cut his he didn't just cut his head off he cut his head off and he put it in that vat of reptile shit. He did. Yeah, he said. Um, West had greedily seized seized in on uh, on the life of this thing which had been once been his friend and fellow scholar and I shuddered when he finished severing the head, placed it in the, his hellish vat of pulpy reptile tissue to preserve it for future experiments, and proceeded to treat the decapitated body. So he put the dude's head in the reptile vat, and then he injected the body with the reanimating solution because he wanted to prove, like you said, that there there is no soul. There's that the body is um, the body is just a machine that can be turned on and off. Yeah, pretty much. So they stand around and wait for this body to come back to life, and sure enough, it does. It starts twitching and without a head, just starts twitching and everything, and then. Uh, the body like throws out its arms and starts wailing, flailing around, and it's like reenacting his last moments in the plane crash. Like it's free falling from an airplane. Yeah, the nerves were recalling the man's last act in life, the struggle to get free of the falling aeroplane. Now this is where I got confused again. Did the okay. hot? Did the place they were working get blown up? Um. Oh yeah, it did actually. Cause that sort of just came out of nowhere. It felt like he just had a word count or something. It was like. Oh, fuck it, the place blew up or something, I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> we were the only ones who survived. Bye, guys, go, see you next month. Yeah, it says, what followed I shall never positively know. It may have been holy and hallucination from the shock caused at that instant by the sudden and complete destruction of the building in a cataclysm of German shell fire. So, yeah, so as soon as his body wakes up, the hospital takes a hail of shell fire from, from the Germans and fucking destroys the whole hospital. The Germans blew up our hospital. And of it course, says of that, course, and of course, then it jumps ahead, or yeah, jumps course. back, and go ahead. Yeah, because he's explaining why what's coming up is unbelievable, and I don't, I can't tell whether it was real or not, because it could just be the shock of having the building blown up around us. Yeah. But, uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, and West, he and West were the only survivors, so they have they no... They think. They, they think, Yeah. It's the last paragraph here. It says, The body on the table had risen with a blind and terrible groping, and we heard a sound. I could not call that sound a voice, for it was too awful. And yet its timbre was not the most awful thing about it. Neither was its message. It had merely screamed, Jump, Ronald. For God's sake, jump. The awful thing was its source. Yep. And uh... where and where did it come from? It came from the vat of reptile juice. It was the guy's head screaming... 
for the other per for the pilot for the pilot of the plane to jump out. That's fucked up. I know, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> can somebody make a faithful movie of this? Can, or can somebody give us money so we can make a faithful movie of this? Like you can interpret the script for me, and we we can make this movie because I want to see this. Cause this is fucking grisly, dude. That's pretty fucking grim. He definitely <laughs> knows how to end a chapter. He may he may pull the taffy for like three pages recapping shit, but then mm-hmm. it fucking ends with a bang every time. Exactly. It's like as confused as I get. The end of each chapter is like whoa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm serious. Can somebody do a faithful adaptation of this or give us money to do it? Cause I want to see this. I want to be a part of this. Which. Out of context, that sounds really weird. <laughs> you want to see a dead body? <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to see this happen on a screen, man. Because this sounds so fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I mean, we talked about this last time, but can you imagine in 1920, like, reading about mm-hmm. this kind of shit? Mm-hmm. How did they not lock this guy up? Exactly. Or at least send them to a fucking... Because this is fucking beyond the pale. Like, who who would come up with, like... I mean, it's crazy enough to think about it in modern times, people coming up with these crazy ideas, but, you know, there's been decades and decades and decades of other people coming up with it, so it's only natural that our minds are so perverse now that we can come up with fucking crazy shit. Yeah, after, like, the slasher movies of the 80s, it's there's yeah. no fucking, like, well, that's crazy. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's the natural course of things. Mm-hmm. But this is... A century before that shit. Right. This is before Lord of the Rings. I don't even think yeah. The Hobbit was written yet. I know it wasn't written yet. It wasn't written until the 30s. But, like, and that was, like, crazy, revolutionary, mm-hmm. like, really outside the box. <laughs> you said box. <laughs> but <I> mean, imagine <laughs> this, like, Jesus. Yeah, so, this was 1922. Yeah, and so the guy screams what he screams, and... uh. They take some German shells and the hospital goes down around them. And that's, they think they're the only survivors. Yeah. So, and yeah, then, that was the part that kind of lost me. It's like, wait, they they were bombed? Yeah. Yeah, because he does kind of gloss over it. Like, it's just one sentence, you know? Uh-huh. But, it wasn't until I read chapter six last night that I was like, oh, so they were bombed. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. all of a sudden it was like, and there was a bombing too. But the guy screamed, and it's like, so wait, where was there? Where did the bombing happen? Where did this come from? What the fuck is going on? I understand they're in the military and shit. Yeah, it's crazy that sometimes the recap, um, actually makes the previous chapter clearer. But like I said, the chat, the recap for chapter six makes it all way yeah, it more cohesive, and yeah, it's almost like chapter six could just be the book itself. I mean, it could. I mean, it gives you everything you need to know and then wraps it all up at the end. Oh, and fuck does it. Let's get to that. It's uh, chapter six, the Tomb Legions. Mm-hmm. Which that is like, what the fuck? Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh shit, I think I know what's going to happen. Were you right? Uh, Partially. <laughs> partially. I thought I thought West would be in charge, but that's not the case. So, here we are the year after West disappeared, which turns out there's some suspicion thrown on our narrator about that. 
Right, says the Boston police questioned him at length about mm-hmm. about uh, West's disappearance. Because it, it go the recap goes through and tells you all the things that happened. Like the first dude that they uh, reanimated back in the barn or whatever, not far from the school that was out in the field, where the beast came alive and then burnt down that barn, and they found the next day it had clawed at the grave that they dug it out of, which it had disappeared after that. Right. And then the uh, dean from the school who'd been spending 16 years banging his head against the wall in the asylum. In the the mental hospital, yeah. Yeah. They they reanimated him, and he was like a nut. Like he was reanimated, but he was like an animal. Yes. It tells about him. It tells about um, who, what was the other one? There was one more important one. Uh, Was it the drunk dude? No, the drunk dude was was the professor, was the dean. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Wasn't it just the um the guy from the last chapter? Uh, okay, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, so it, we won't. It sets spoil up and, that yet. it sets up and tells you like, okay, I've told you all the shit that West did. Now let me tell you what happened to West. Mm-hmm. At least from my perspective, and holy shit, I don't know if what I saw is what really happened because it's crazy. Are you ready? <laughs> it's basically the recap of this fucking uh, chapter. Because this one, like I said, chapter four I had some struggles with. Chapter five I had some struggles with. But this one laid it all out on the line. And fuck, this was amazing. Um, So let's see. What was it? He was reading through the paper? Um, West was? Yes. They said his last uh, quarters were this, this old house in Boston that overlooked uh, one of the oldest burying grounds in Boston. Obviously, he says he had chosen it for symbolic reasons and not because, like, there are other houses that they had near Potter's Field. Mm-hmm. The graves in this cemetery were way too old to be of any kind of use. Yeah. Um, but it, it, his property butted right up against this really old cemetery. Mm-hmm. And he had a laboratory set up in the subcellar that he secretly constructed using imported workmen and its, and its own incinerator. <laughs> So that they could completely dispose of all the bodies or pieces of bodies that mm-hmm. they uh, fucked around with. Yeah, and so when they were when they were digging the sub basement for this uh, laboratory, they had they had actually broken through this old masonry wall, mm-hmm. and it appeared to be like the wall to a really old subterranean crypt or something. That was part of that old cemetery. Yeah. And West was like, "Nah, fuck that shit. You better close that back up." <laughs> yeah, and it says. Where the last internment had been 17... oh, 1768. Yeah. So that was like, what, 150 years before? Mm-hmm. That's not creepy. Nah, not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah, so they had the wa- the walls plastered over and re-bricked up, and, and they never spoke of that again. <laughs> yeah, it went on about their business. It really, so... freaked, it really freaked West out for some reason. Yeah, with all the fucking shit he's done, that freaked him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, the next day, or, uh, not the next day, yeah, but... Yeah, no, it says, yeah, the end of Herbert West began one evening in our joint study when he was dividing his curious glance between the newspaper and me. Yes. Apparently there was a, there was apparently again, there was a, uh-huh. a a headline in the newspaper that made him shit his pants a little. Sefton Asylum, which is back near Miskatonic and Arkham and all that shit. Mm, it's where that reanimated Dean was committed and has spent all those years in the padded cell some dude had been in there talking or trying to rehabilitate him 
either tried to convince or did convince the people at the asylum to let him take over his care and take him out of the place. In the small hours of the morning, a body of silent men had entered the grounds and their leader had aroused the attendants. He was a menacing military figure who talked without moving his lips and whose voice seemed almost ventriloquially connected. I'm glad you read that, not me. (laughs) (laughs) With an immense black case he carried. So... He talked without moving his lips, and his voice sounded like it came from a big case, big box that he was carrying around with him. Yeah. His expressionless face was handsome to the point of radiant beauty, but... Again, white dude. (laughs) Yeah, but it shocked (laughs) the superintendent when the hall light fell on it, for it was a wax face with eyes of painted glass. Some nameless accident had befallen this man. A larger man guided his steps, a repellent hulk whose bluish face seemed half eaten away by some unknown malady. So could that be the first dude? Yeah, I think so. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, the speaker had asked for the custody of the cannibal monster committed from Arkham 16 years before, and upon being refused, gave a signal which precipitated a shocking riot. So he didn't ask. He just showed up and was like, give him to me. Yeah, no. Yeah, he asked, but when they said no way, uh, he commanded his uh, minions to beat the shit out of and bite and eat the attendants. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, killing four and finally succeeding in the liberation of the monster. Yeah, so some freaks broke out one of their failed experiments. Or freaks come failed, out but... at night. What, what, what? Freaks come out at night. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, as he says, from from that point on in the night, West was basically just paralyzed with fear because he knew exactly what was happening. Exactly. He knew his fucking chickens was coming home to roost. Oh boy, do they come home to roost. In such a fucking spectacularly horrific yet beautiful way. Yeah. (laughs) At midnight, the doorbell rang, which scared the fuck out of West. Yeah, all the servants were asleep, so they both went down to uh, see who it was. No, no, no. The narrator went alone. Oh, he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No wagon in the street. Just a group of strange-looking figures bearing a large square box, which they deposited in a hallway. After one grunted in a highly unnatural voice, Express! Prepaid! They filed out of the house, and he watched them go. Yeah, Uh, he thought thought they were turning to go down the road to the ancient cemetery. uh Uh-huh, that the back of the house was up against. Mm-hmm. He slammed the door as they left. After they left, and Wes came down and looked at the box. Yeah, it was about two feet square, and it said "From Eric Moreland Clapham Lee, St. Eloise, Flanders." Yeah. Mm. Um, and this is where it, the last chapter it finally made sense to me. Uh, it says six years before in Flanders, a shelled hospital had fallen upon the headless, reanimated trunk of Clapham Lee. I keep wanting to call him Chapman. And upon the detached head, which had uttered articulate sound. That's fucked up, too, when you think about it again. He's got to fucking remind you of how fucked up he is. Yeah, and so he says even now West wasn't, like, wasn't really upset or agitated by it. He was like, well, this is the end, friend. Let's incinerate mm-hmm. this first. Uh-huh. So they take the box down to the incinerator. They never opened the box to see what was in it. What's in yes. the box? <laughs> Oddly enough, it's probably the same thing that's in the box. Yeah. That was such a good movie. That was. It was fucking weird. I know. I'd love to see it again, though. This has one of the most heartbreaking endings. I don't think I remember it at this point. You don't remember what you don't you don't remember what's in the box? 
I don't think I've seen it since it came out. Oh. Because I don't have it on DVD. Oh. Yeah, I don't have it either. But that ending was like, I mean, it's famous. There's, uh, yeah. What's in the box? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that because everybody. Yeah, that's fucking... how it ends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you know what's in the box. Yeah. So, that's why I said it's it's heartbreaking. And the way the, the uh, like, the pain that he gets across is like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I remember that more so from, I think it was on Family Guy, when somebody had a box and Peter was like, what's in the box? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, it's, that's what I mean by it's famous. It's been parodied so many times. Yeah, I remember it more from Family Guy than the actual movie, because like I said, that movie came out, what, 15 years ago or so? Five maybe. Oh, 95? Is that what you said? I think so. So yeah, that's or 21 97. years ago. God, I saw that when I was that young. Hold on, let me look. Might be 97. Hold on. Seven. Still, I was only like six. <laughs> 1995. Boom. Wow. I'm damn good. I had to have seen it since then, then, because I wasn't four when I saw that. No, you didn't see it when it was new. No. So I had to have seen it, like, on cable or something in, like, 2000. Which, still, that's a long time to not see that. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure we had it on VHS. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Back to the story. Yeah, so they take the box down to the basement. They're going to incinerate this, whatever's in it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think we can assume that it was that guy's head, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. um... Uh, As they got down there, West noticed that the plaster from the tomb had started crumbling apart. Mm -hmm. Which is like, oh, shit. Yeah. And here again, this fucking asshole. He says, I was going to run, but he stopped me. (laughs) And it's like, what the fuck could he do to stop you? Get out of there. Exactly. It's like, what the fuck could he do to stop you? Yep. So then the. He didn't have a gun on him. Fuck no. A hole opens up in the wall and the cold, icy wind comes in. He smells the bowels of putrescent earth. Which, doesn't that give you chills, that description? Yeah, this is what really freaked me out, was there was no sound. But just then, the electric lights went out, and I saw the outline against some phosphorescence of the netherworld, a horde of silent, toiling things which only insanity or worse could create. Uh Uh-huh. Their outlines were human, semi-human, fractionally human, and not human at all. The horde was grotesquely heterogeneous. They were just quietly removing all the stones from the wall to make the hole bigger. Yep. It's fucked up. They were making no noise. They're just uh-huh. silently working, tearing this wall down. And then they just filed through the whole single file, surrounded West, and just fucking ripped him to shreds. Yeah. In silence. And it says, West did not resist or utter a sound. So they're fucking tearing him apart, and he's like, yeah, I deserve this. Yeah. West's head was carried off by the wax-headed leader who wore a Canadian officer's uniform. As it disappeared, I saw that the blue eyes behind the spectacles were hideously blazing, with their first touch of frantic, visible emotion. Mm-hmm. The servants found him unconscious in the morning, and West was gone. The incinerator only contained unidentifiable ashes, which is why the fucking detectives and shit were inv- are uh, questioning the fuck out of yeah, him. Yeah, because they, they think they killed him. They think he killed him and then threw his body in the incinerator. Exactly. Yeah, and so he, he tried to explain a little bit. He told him about the broken wall, and that I guess he was trying to tell him that attackers came in through that wall yeah and he said he said all he said the police just pointed at the unbroken plastered wall and laughed at him yeah these fuckers fixed the wall after they left 
fixed it so well that you couldn't even tell it got broke. Right. He didn't tell them about, like, the fucking demons from hell or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And they basically told him, you're either crazy or you killed him. Mm-hmm. And he says, I think I'm pretty much crazy because I might not be mad if those accursed tomb legions had not been so silent. Yep. So even he, the silence made him go crazy over it. Uh-huh. And that would freak you the fuck out, wouldn't it? What the fuck, yes. Now, it said their forms were human, semi-human, and not human at all. So were these like, was this maybe where, well, no, because he had an incinerator. I guess there was the wax-headed dude made these crazy freak people. Well, I, I mean, animated the... I take it that it was like demons and shit, too. Yeah. No, I, I, I just assumed that it was the, the military guy had been working since that incident in France. He, he had followed West and started building a go, you know, he went into that tomb and just started reanimating whatever he could reanimate. Was building an army. Yeah. Yeah. But the part where it said it was, their forms were not human at all. Yeah. Made me wonder if it was some of West's uh, partial body experiments. I guess my mind just took it way further because I figured it's like this dude, he brought him back from the underworld. So the dude went to the underworld and brought back some help, you know? Yeah. And then I figured probably some of the animals and shit that West had worked on over the years. Because mm. the shit I was seeing was so fucked up, you know? Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> so there you have it. Herbert West, reanimator. And I think we talked about this last time, but fuck it, let's talk about it again since we're done with the story. That's the first time you've read that, right? That's the first time I've read it, yep. And how did it hit you? I thought it was really good. Really like, fucking good. Uh, the, um, you know, the, the recaps take away from the story a little, but, yeah, you know, just the concept of it. The only recap so... I think that's needed is the last one. Yeah, but the the concept of it, you know, especially for its time is like, that is so out there. Uh-huh. Again, it's hard for me, and I mean, I, I know it's got to be hard for you, but and I don't mean this to sound fucking shitty or anything, but you're closer to that time <laughs> than I am. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what, come on. Like 20 years? <laughs> hey, look at all the advancements we've made in the last 20 years with fucking technology and movies and shit, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I have to go fucking change the wheels on my wagon. <laughs> like I said, I didn't mean it to sound that shitty, but I mean, it's true. <laughs> you grew up in a fucking simpler time and shit where, you know, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have fucking these fucked up horror movies that I grew up with. You know, it's fucked up because most of the schools that I, uh, school buildings I was in. Um, yeah. They were all built in like the 20s and 30s. <laughs> <laughs> so see, you do have a closer connection to it. Uh, I guess maybe you're right. Oh yeah, like I said, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but it's true. So, I mean, imagine how fucked up it is to me. It's got to be way more fucked up for you, you know? Oh, I remember the good old days when we used to experiment on bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, uh, this is going to be one of those great moments. <laughs> you know, back in the Great War... <laughs> I didn't say that old, but like I said, you're 20 <laughs> years closer to it than I am. This was what, 60 years before you were hatched? Uh, yeah. No, sorry. Years. What? 51 years. I was going to say, no, 50. So see, it's 50 for you. It's 70. Well, yeah, it's like 70 years for me. Yeah. And in that 20 years between you were born and I was born, 
a lot of shit changed. So don't give me no shit on this. Yeah, society got way more fucked up. Uh-huh. So yeah, again, I don't mean to sound shitty, but it's fucking true. Uh, I guess it kind of is. Uh, but yeah, you're you're closer to this than I am, so it's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see where it's easier for me to, I guess harder for me to imagine, like, how somebody comes up with this in 1920. You know, because, I mean, they were barely do- barely coming up with this kind of shit in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it wasn't until the 80s when you got, you started getting, like, really super hardcore, gory, fucked up movies and shit. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at, like, those old Frankenstein movies and shit. People are like, that's horror, and I look at them now, and it's like, Because <laughs> it's just a fucking slow dude going, Rawr. But back then, that shit was fucking the scariest thing you could imagine. And even that was in the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> even that's that what was I'm like saying. 10 years after this book. Exactly. That's what I'm fucking saying. And Frankenstein was making people pass out. <laughs> yes. Can you believe that shit? Yes. I mean, that movie that you're making fun of was like actually causing like pan- like mass panic. Don't get it twisted. I'm not making fun of it, but I mean, you watch that shit now and it's like. Yeah, I can see worse on a kid's cartoon. Well, I'll tell you what, Dracula's still pretty creepy. It's just creepy in its silence. I mean, it's not a silent movie, but there's not really any musical score, and there's not much... Yeah, I mean... Most of the scenes, when they're not talking, it's just dead silence. And it's like, ooh, that's creepy. It's like, Scooby-Doo, where are you? There's a lot of silence in that. If you would cut out the laugh track on that, that shit would be fucking creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's just quietness of them walking down hallways and shit but yeah like you said fucking frankenstein was 10 years after this was written Mm -hmm. and now you fucking laugh at frankenstein because it's tame you could see worse on a kid's cartoon yeah but you're not laughing at this (laughs) exactly how does this compare to the other shit of his that you've read um i mean I, i find it to be similar i mean this is i think way more gory and way more um kind of grisly and in a way dark than some of his other stuff. A lot of his other stuff is more supernatural, whereas this is just like the evil of men. Yeah. And this is a straight-up gore fest. Yeah, this is almost... Like, his other stuff doesn't seem like it's done for shock. Yeah. It's more psychological or more... um, Even philosophical, some of it, but this is more... More just, like, for shock effect, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's see how fucked up we can get today. Right. But it, the the voice is similar. Yeah. Other than the recaps. Like he, like I said, he doesn't do, obviously he doesn't do all that retreading in his other stories, obviously. But yeah, I, f- I feel like it's very similar. Yeah, I would, after reading this, I really would like to find more of his shit and read it. Yeah. And I think I would agree that this probably is a pretty weak story in comparison to some of his others, because there's really not that much to it once you take out the recaps. Yeah. I mean, like that chapter six was, what did I say, four and a half pages? It was a yeah. good two pages of just, or two and a half pages of just recap. Mm-hmm. Which, if you take the recap out of the other five chapters... I mean, what do you got, like five paragraphs? <laughs> For real. Like, some of them, some of them, there's not much new going on, and they're very quick. Yeah, well. There's not a lot of of, uh, exposition, really. If you take out the recap from chapters two, three, four, five, you'll have the chunky bit of the first chapter, and I, I, 
I really think you leave chapter six alone too, and then just cut the recap out of the middle four. Mm-hmm. That would be a great fucking short story on its own. One long, well, not long, but I think it'd be like a probably, mm, probably like an eight page short story. And I think it would be much better that way. Even though, like, in the recap, there are new details and shit sprinkled in. Yeah, and I would say that's m- more in line with what his other stuff is, with with more embellishments put in and more yeah. more time to tell a more detailed story other than this one time we shot somebody with serum and he woke up and ran out of the room. Or, yeah. you know, moving on. You know, there uh-huh. would have been a lot more, you know, detail. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I said it last episode, and I know I said it this episode. There is a lot of, it feels like being forced to do that recap. He did that, and then it was like, well, I'm running out of time, but I need to stretch this to fit a word count, so what do I do, you know? Because mm-hmm. it, it's like he wanted to throw in details, like with the bombing of the hospital in Chapter 5. Yeah. That just kind of came out of nowhere. And then it's like, okay, moving on. The dude screamed, we're done, gotta go. Right. Yeah. And then you can, you can chapter definitely tell six how paid it, it off. Yeah, you could definitely tell how the his the restrictions that he was under and the you know, the the things that he was required to give and mm-hmm. you know, you could you can see how that really affected once you read some of his other stuff, you can really see how it affected his storytelling. Again, this is the first thing of his I've read, and if this is the worst right. I mean that's a great entry point. Yeah. I would like to read more of his shit now. Yeah, and I will say this is probably one of the more pedestrian stories. Yeah. Like, some of his shit is really out there. Like, not not morbid or, um, you know what I mean, but, like, just out there, like, psychedelic. Yeah, it's crazy otherworldly from what I hear. Yeah, right. Like, Cthulhu. Yeah. Which I keep, I know I've mentioned that a few times, but I keep coming back to that because that's basically the only other thing of his that I've heard about. That's the most famous, yeah. Yeah, that and, I know. That and Reanimator are the ones that are probably the most famous. And Reanimator is only famous because it, it had the movie. Yeah. It had such a controversial run when it came out in 85. Oh, okay. Because it was like an X-rated movie. Oh, was it? Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. I believe it was before NC-17, so it was... It was literally an X-rated movie. Huh, that's fucked up. I didn't know that. But having read that too, the other thing, it's a, another book that's on our list. And then we've talked about wanting to do the Sherlock Holmes stories. This uh-huh. really makes me want to read that Shadows Over Baker Street short story collection too. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Yeah, I looked for that at the last con. I was really hoping to find it. Yeah. I was going to pick pick it up for us. But yeah, we should we should do that. For anybody who doesn't know, it's basically the stories of H.P. Lovecraft mixed with Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes investigating some of the creatures and shit of Lovecraft. What really makes me interested for that is, obviously I like Sherlock Holmes, I liked this, but those two things blended together and then handled by some of my favorite authors, because there's a few Star Wars authors that I really, really, really fucking dug. That worked on that. I'm pretty sure Kevin J. Anderson worked on it, which he's done. Me and you have talked about it a lot recently. Right. But for everybody who doesn't know, he did um, The Last Days of Krypton, which is a book I fucking love. He did um, 
the Batman Superman novel Enemies and Allies, which was amazing. Uh, he's done a lot of Star Wars work. I think he wrote on and edited some of the Tales from Star Wars short story collections. And then didn't didn't you say he did a trilogy of books or something after uh, the Thrawn trilogy? Yeah, I think his was the first trilogy to, to drop right after that. Um, it was like the Jedi Academy or New Jedi Order or something like that. And I think it's the Jedi Academy because New Jedi Order was... That's the more James recent Lucino one, James right? and the, a bunch of other people. Yeah, it was like fucking 97 volumes long. Yeah. Well, not that long, but pretty close. Yeah. Um, But he's done a lot of Star Trek novels. He did X-Files novels, Star Trek, StarCraft, shit like that. And then I think, uh, what was his name? He worked on Batman the Animated Series. I think it was Michael Reeves. He wrote um, the Star Wars Coruscant Night novels. Which I really oh, okay. fucking love those. Um, I think he worked on it, and then the dude that Michael Reeves has worked with on a couple other books, Steve Perry, I think he worked on it too. So that book sounds Kevin fucking no. amazing. What? <laughs> Nothing. Did you just go Aerosmith? That. No, that was Journey. Oh, okay. Steve Perry, so. Okay, yeah, I was thinking Joe Perry. Anyway. Steve Perry. So, um. Steve Perry. <laughs> You're doing the shit I normally do. What's that? Having fucking fun in my own little world while you're talking. (laughs) It's not too often that somebody says Steve Perry and it's not actually Steve Perry. (laughs) Well, I think that is the author's name, though. Yeah, I'm sure it probably is. I'm just saying I got to get in my fucking Steve Perry jokes. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm done. So, yeah, those authors mixed with Sherlock Holmes and... Lovecraft, that sounds so fucking amazing. So, trust me, that book is coming soon, right? Yeah, but for now, I think we're uh, we're all done with the first H.P. Lovecraft story. We'll probably do more of these, too, in Book Club. Yeah, if we can find them. Like I said, I think a lot of these are public domain, so you can, you can get them on the internet. Yeah. Well, if they're public domain, why aren't we making a movie, goddammit? Because I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to make a movie? Not a good one. I didn't say it has to be good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do it. But that's a project for the future. Anyway. Kidding. That's probably never going to happen, sadly. <laughs> um, so, that's all. We're settled on Reanimator, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's a whole lot left to discuss. Yeah, Closed book on Reanimator. That was good. Our next series of book club, though, is going to be... It's going to be a book that's incredibly fucking instrumental for me, I guess you would say. Based on how you've described it in the past or what you've said about it, yeah. I would say it's very formative. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, formative. Um, It's going to be Scooby-Doo and the Howling Wolfman by James Gelsey, which if you've listened to the main show, you should know is the first Scooby-Doo thing that I ever got my hands on before any cartoons, before any movies, before any comic books, anything else. It was Scooby-Doo and the Howling Wolfman that got me into all of that. So, and I haven't read that in like, God, it's gotta be close to 15 years at this point. Oh, wow. Cause I think the last time I read it was, uh, to win a bet, 
Which, now that I think about it, there's actually been quite a few times where I've read a bunch of books at once to win a bet. Oh, that doesn't seem hard. No. Especially for somebody who loves to read. Seems like a fool's bet. Mm-hmm. And the pe- the two people that uh, bet me to read books was a teacher and my brother, so that goes to tell you they were fools. It's going to be interesting to me to see how well it holds up, too, because it is a kid's book from, like, 2000, or no, 99. Yeah, and as we know, you're closer to being a kid than I am. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> oh, that's good. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's going to be our next book. <clears throat> Whether we en- you end up hating it or not, I know I'm going to love it just because it has, you know, sentimental value for me. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not going to hate it. And hey, at the very least, you know, it'll be good for you to have the book and read to your kid or let your kid read or whatever the fuck you want to do. I know. I already have it. Oh, do you? Yep. It's uh, going to be a Christmas present. Oh, that's awesome. It's up in my closet now waiting for Christmas. God damn so, it. I don't know whether he'll be excited by it or not, but... Did you just get that one or did you get any of the others too? I just got that one to, to make sure before I got a bunch of them. True, true. He'll probably like it, though. I can't imagine that he won't like it. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for me, that's like the perfect Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that you got that to look forward to in our next series. So, time for thank yous, right? Yep. Thanks to Jay Sarge for our theme song, entrance music, whatever you want to call it. Thanks to at Sherry Says for our logo. Thanks to Batcat37 and at TESD Groupie for helping me out with that intro. Thanks to all four of you. As for our shit, we're a part of the High Altitude Podcast Network. You can find that at highaltpod.net. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, nerdblitz.com. Um... Search NerdBlitz on YouTube for all that kind of, for all kinds of extra cool shit. I'm at the Scooby Doom. You're at Fitzman73. Together we are at NerdBlitz Pod. And is that everything? I think that's everything. Until next time. Uh, put it back on the shelf. Yeah, did we come up with a fucking sign off for when we finish a book? I think so. I think it was um, Shelve It or. You should listen to. The last episode of fucking Dark Disciple and see if that was it. Not that it fucking matters now because you already said it, but anyway, bye. Bye. (laughs) This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.